This episode of On the Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by a legendary baseball broadcaster, Pat Hughes, and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is April 30th, 2019, and this is Tuesday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On the Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. It is the last day of April, and it has been a crazy month for baseball fans, so let's keep it going. Right off the bat, let's get into something controversial. Yesterday, I referenced an article on Yahoo Sports in which contributor to Fangraphs.com Cheryl Ring spoke of hearing from one source that the Cubs were threatening journalists that were writing negative pieces on Addison Russell and the organization. Well... Cubs writer for ESPN and co-author of Try Not to Suck, a bio on Cubs manager Joe Madden, Jesse Rogers, has his own opinion concerning the same article. When asked on Twitter, yes, Twitter, what he thought of the Yahoo report, he replies with the following, not only is it not true, as far as I know, of course, this is one of the worst pieces of journalism you'll ever see. On a sensitive topic, no one bothered to, you know, call the Cubs, other media members, Nightingale himself. God awful. Further down the thread, he also says, you would think on a serious subject, there would be actual reporting from legit outlets. This article from a journalistic standpoint was absolute crap. Now, as this is an ongoing development and also Twitter, I won't get too far into it other than to say that Mud is also being slung at Cheryl Ring for her comments, which were minimal and never intended to be used in an article in this fashion. But you gotta have something to hate to make yourself feel better, right? Let's admit it. We all get caught up in stuff like this. It is what it is, but let's suspend judgment for now. The biggest issue I've seen come up with this story is since Jesse Rogers reports for the Cubs, he is conducting some type of damage control. But Rogers has been openly critical of the Cubs organization before, so this accusation, more like a theory, isn't substantial. There are positives and negatives to how social media has become so influential in real-time news. I think we're seeing the negatives here, so I'm going to let this play out as I sit back and perform my best Kermit the Frog impression while sipping my tea. I've got some interesting stats from ESPN that I want to share with you regarding the recent surge in home runs already this season. The league average is 1.33 home runs per team game compared to 1.26 in 2017. That translates to 358 more home runs than two seasons ago. There has been a home run every 25.5 at-bats this year. The record for March-April is one every 26.8 at-bats set in 2000. The only two months with fewer than 26 at-bats per home run were June and August 2017, and the Yankees set the single-season home run record last year with 267. Entering Monday, three teams are on pace to crack 300. The Twins at 317, the Mariners at 308, and the Brewers at 301. I mean, the Twins alone have hit 23 home runs against the Orioles in only six games. I mean, it is the Orioles, but still, that's impressive. The Orioles have allowed 73 home runs in 30 games, and the most home runs allowed in a season is 258 by the 2016 Reds. And we aren't just talking about the sluggers hitting more balls harder and further. Players such as Tommy Listella, 
He has 10 career home runs and 828 at-bats, has seven already. Jesse Winker, seven home runs last season and 281 at-bats, has six. And Hunter Dozier, 11 home runs and 362 at-bats last year, has seven home runs already. The balls are juiced, without a doubt. ESPN senior writer David Schoenfield equates the rate of home runs to the NBA's recent obsession with the three-pointer. He says, this is the modern game. Deal with it. In a rather critical article posted by NBC Sports' Craig Calcaterra, he sounds off on the Atlantic League having its first real test of the rule to ban shifts. In his opening paragraph, he says this, As we noted in the offseason, the Independent Athletic League has partnered up with Major League Baseball to be a lab in which new rules changes are tested out. And by partnered up, I mean they've been paid some money in order to screw with the product because Major League Baseball does not care about what happens in the Atlantic League. Already, you can anticipate the tone of the rest of this article. The rule for the shift requires that two infielders be on each side of second base when a pitch is released. If the rule is broken, the ball is dead and the umpire shall call a ball. Here's the way everything played out in a recent uh, game. James Loney of the Sugarland Skeeters grounded out to second base and was thrown out. However, the umpires gathered and ended up calling Loney safe, saying that the second baseman was illegally shifted. If you look at the play, you will see two infielders on either side of second base. So at first glance, it didn't make sense. However, it appears that the second baseman was positioned in the outfield, and therefore there was two infielders to the left of the bag and only one infielder to the right, that being the first baseman, because the man playing second wasn't actually in the infield. Infielders playing in the grass has always been a thing. This has nothing to do with the shift. I mean, have you seen how far back Matt Chapman from the Oakland Athletics plays at third base? If you conclude that he is out of position, then I don't I don't know what to say, but I'm not done. The umpires awarded Loney first base, calling him safe, when this isn't even the proper way to handle the infraction. The rule states that a ball is to be awarded to the batter, and the at-bat continues. A free base is not part of the rule enforcement. So Loney should have gone back to the batter's box and it been a 3-1 count instead of a 2-1 count, but instead he was awarded a free base. I know these rules are being tested in the Atlantic League to work out all the kinks, but how does this create more action? How does this increase the pace of play? I'll answer that rhetorical question for you. It simply doesn't. Injured list updates. According to MLB Trade Rumors, Brock Holt's path back to the majors has encountered another roadblock. The Red Sox utility man is now dealing with a shoulder injury. Details aren't yet known. His due for a medical exam today, but it seems Holt came down with the ailment recently. ESPN reports that Atlanta Braves outfielder Ender Enciarte left Monday's 3-1 win over the San Diego Padres with tightness in his right hamstring. Enciarte grabbed the back of his right leg following a third-inning single up the middle Monday night. The Braves said the decision to remove Enciarte was precautionary. NBC Sports writes the Giants announced on Monday that starter Derek Holland has been placed on the 10-day injured list, a retroactive to April 28th, with a left index finger bone bruise. Holland has struggled this season. After giving up six runs in five innings to the Yankees on Saturday, the lefty owns a 5.34 ERA with a 40-16 to strikeout walk ratio and only 32 innings on the year. ESPN reports that L.A. Dodgers outfielder A.J. Pollock has a right elbow infection and is likely going on the injured list, manager Dave Roberts told reporters on Monday. Pollock hasn't played more than 113 games in a season since he was an All-Star in 2015 because of injuries. He played only 12 games in 2016 after fracturing his right elbow. According to MLB Trade Rumors, Jeff Todd, Twins third baseman Miguel Sano, is launching an official rehab assignment. He'll open at the high A level with planned stops the next two rungs in the ladder before MLB activation. 
Sano has been working back from an injury to his Achilles that healed much more slowly than anticipated. The hope now is that the issue is behind him, but the Twins want to get Sano plenty of reps before bringing him back to the big league roster. Quick takes. According to NBC Sports, Irvin Santana has been designated for assignment on Friday after three poor starts for the White Sox so far this year. However, he cleared waivers and refused the demotion to AAA Charlotte, electing to become a free agent instead. I think he'll definitely be picked up after having an all-star season just two years ago, but we shall wait and see. Durham Bulls' Nate Lowe received the opposite treatment from Tampa Bay, according to MLB Trade Rumors. Mark Tompkin of the Tampa Bay Times reports that Christian Arroyo will be optioned to Durham, thus opening a 25-man spot, but there's still the matter of a 40-man move to be addressed. The 23-year-old first baseman, Nate Lowe, is off to a terrific start with AAA Durham, where he has slashed 300, 444, 543, with three homers, eight doubles, and nearly as many walks, 17, as strikeouts, 19, through 90 plate appearances. I'm really enjoying the exposure and opportunities that the minor league prospects are getting so early on in this season. Makes for some exciting baseball. The Score.com reports that Cody Bellinger is driving in runs at a historic pace to start the season. The LA Dodgers star collected his 37th RBI on Monday night against San Francisco, eclipsing Mark McGuire and Juan Gonzalez, haven't heard that name in a while, to claim the all-time MLB record for most RBIs before May 1st. And correct me if I'm wrong, but later tonight is Bellinger's last chance to break the home run record of 14 before May 1st. This could be three straight days in which he breaks an MLB record. Sorry, Christian Yelich. You're officially a has-been. According to Bleacher Report, Detroit Tigers prospect Casey Mize has made an easy transition to double-A. In his first game since being promoted from single-A, the pitcher threw a no-hitter with only a walk and a hit batter allowed during his nine innings pitched, and he only needed 98 pitches to accomplish this feat. Behind terrific defense, the Erie Seawolves escaped with a 1-0 victory. The Minnesota Twins squeaked out a victory against Dustin Verlander and the Astros yesterday, but not without a controversial call. In the game's only run, Twins shortstop Adrianza homered to lead off the third inning after nearly striking out on the previous pitch. It appeared that Adrianza swung and missed on a pitch before the home run, but the umpire said he held back. He checked his swing. And for once this year, the player affected, Justin Verlander, didn't have any backlash toward the ruling. Here is Verlander's comment. I think slow, in slow-mo, you can say, yeah, he went. But this game isn't played in slow motion, and these umpires have a difficult job to do. Live speed, I thought it was very questionable, 50-50 call. Adrianza did a great job of not breaking his hands so that it didn't look like the bat went as far as it actually did. According to Yahoo Sports, Alex Cora, a proud Puerto Rican, has been critical of Trump in the past specifically for his comments about the death toll of Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. In the past, Cora has been noncommittal about the White House visit. He said after the World Series that he respects the president but was undecided. Well, Red Sox beat writer Chris Cotillo over at MatchLive.com tweeted that Alex Cora remains undecided on personally attending the White House ceremony next Thursday. Said he will make his decision clear when the time is right. I would personally always take a visit to the White House regardless, just as long as I can act out a scene from National Treasure each time I go. It's my only requirement. I loved collecting baseball cards growing up. Baseball cards along with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Pogs were my jam. Collected a ton of them. My brother even bought me a huge pack of classic Topps training cards for Christmas. Well, Larry Brown Sports reports that Vlad Guerrero Jr. marked his entry to the baseball card world with a bang. According to card manufacturer Topps, a Guerrero rookie card set a record. Bowman Baseball tweeted out, Vlad Guerrero Jr. already breaking records. The Blue Jays' rookie debut, Topps Now card, is the all-time best-selling card in the program. To have your own baseball card is one thing. To break the all-time selling card record in your first weekend in the majors is on a whole other level. 
this kid is going to be special. Well, that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to Tuesday's edition of On the Hop News. And remember, to a pitcher, a base hit is the perfect example of negative feedback. Later, amigos.